The proof is in the pudding, and the pudding in this case is a football. Booth, eat my goal! The goalie has got football pie all over his shirt. You're listening to Red Button on Colne Radio, 106.6 FM. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Red Button. There was a time when I'd held their hands as we walked. Now my footsteps left a solitary trail across the smooth sand. A pale yellow sun sank towards the horizon. Small waves washed up, creating a non-silent silence where there was noise, but no distinctive sounds, no laughter. As I walked with my hands in the pockets of my duffel coat, a little terrier bounded through the shallow surf, shepherding a grubby football. He splashed up to me and stood, wagging his tail expectantly. I turned and looked back down the beach for his owner, but there was no one in sight. So I crouched and held out a hand. Where's your family? The little terrier dropped his head in a playful bow and nudged the football closer with his nose. All right, but just this once. He stood poised, ready to dash. I kicked the football and it skidded across the surface of the water. The little dog chased after it and sneezed when the salty water went up his nose. I chuckled. The football bobbed on the surface and resisted his efforts to herd it back. Each time he pounced, it scooted away. He growled his puppy frustration. Go on, you can do it. I patted my thighs. The terrier looked up and then attacked the ball again. He drove it back to me and I kicked it across the sand this time. We played until the sun touched the horizon and the tide had worked its way out, expanding the beach to a vast ocean of sand. My new friend, panting heavily, dropped down onto his belly and put his head on his paws. No one had appeared to claim him. We hadn't seen another soul on the beach. I sat down next to him and we watched the final moment of the sunset. I looked down at my new companion. Are you hungry? His ears perked up and he wagged his tail. Me too. I picked up the football and the little dog fell into step behind me for the walk home. And I'd like to dedicate that short story to all the new recruits at the Colchester United Academy for the 2019 and 2020 season. listening to Colm Radio's Red Button Show with anarcho-syndicalist football visionary Grin Griffiths. Grin Griffiths. That last one was correct.
Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Red Button. We've heard from Nina Simone there. We've heard from Adrian, who's joined in. He didn't come to Box 39 today. Uh, due to contractual obligations, we left him outside. Uh, but he's here for Red Button. And I'm delighted to say that Ian's still with me, Mike's still with me, John's still with me, and so is Bryn. And we are, if you can join us, we're at the Lonely Dog on uh, Wivenhoe Harbour Pub. So come and join us there, if you can. The Lonely Dog. You, you'll recognise it's the, it's the one uh, that's right on the waterfront. Now, Bryn, let's talk some more football. Uh, we've got an opportunity on this show to talk football, uh, widen the chat, I think. And then we, we will be looking at Colchester United's playoff chances later. But it's something you talked about uh, just before the show started. And you were saying, why do the fans boo? And you don't necessarily agree with it. Why do you think fans boo these days, Bryn? Well, I think fans understandably get frustrated and want to express their frustration by booing. And they do pay a lot to watch their team. So I wouldn't condemn it, but that doesn't mean I agree with it, because I can't think of any other walk in life, if you want to give feedback to your team, that to boo and moan and hurl abuse at your team. Oh, you've never taught a class of year 11s, Bryn. You've never taught a class of year 11s. (laughs) When the kids yell at you, Bill, does it improve your performance? No, I yell back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I'm not sure that would work for John McGrill. But I think for me, I started going to football in the 1970s, not many years ago. Everybody knows I'm a recovering Manchester United fan. I saw Manchester United the season that they got relegated. It was 1974. And I do not recall anybody booing Manchester United the season they got relegated in Old Trafford mm. even once. Well, it was I'll, just an unheard of thing. Can I stop you there, Britain? Because I think lots of people booed Manchester United, but they weren't the Manchester United fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to, I mean, you went to Old Trafford, I went to Main Road, um, and the booing was reserved normally for the centre-back cart horse who came in and brought down your attacking players. And the booing was confined to bad tackles and lack of sportsmanship it wasn't aimed at your own team it went that just goes against the whole thing about being part of buying into um, your club the structure that whole um, tribal bit that we become that community element that we become by supporting our local team and I'm just totally against it yeah I I agree it's um, I, I remember the days where uh, the most vociferous uh, action from the, the sidelines was was against the opposition players and and the referee, unfortunately. But there we go. But 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 booing booing seems unnatural when you hear yeah. it at football. Yeah, and like you said, Brendan, you, you don't hear it at other sports. Yeah. It's 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 different. You want to express your frustration. What do you do? You know, you bang your feet. You know, moan. You know, you, you say a few rude words. Um, but booing is, is, is tough. But then again, it's a free country. Is you it, can do is what it, they want to do. Is it a particularly English thing, do you think, gentlemen? I've been to an American sporting event and the cheering, there's no booing. They just wouldn't boo. It's cheering is great. It's a very different atmosphere there. I don't know, doing French football, Italian football, is there, is there booing going on there? Wave, wave handkerchiefs and throw things, don't yeah. they? They're abroad, I, I, I don't know. Well, you do hear it in the international games when, again, it tends to be aimed at players who have been particularly... Um, poor in their timing of tackle so when they receive the ball again later in the game there will be an associated low level murmur of booing but it's you know again it's not aimed at the team unless you're French in the last European (laughs) 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 but they were particularly dreadful (laughs) so Mike we always mention this you you genuinely were at Wembley for the England victory in the World Cup in 66 weren't you this is true any booing there no, no, not at all. There was, there was um, a lot of silence when it looked like we weren't going to make it. Uh, really? Um, 100,000 in those days with Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah, 100,001, because I was there. In fact, uh, <laughs> it was an uh, incredible experience. Were you and, on the pitch? Uh, 
Uh, well, Did you think it was all over? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the bench, but I don't uh, talk about it too much. Uh, with, with, with Nobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Nobby's, uh, the gaps in Nobby's, uh, uh, gaps in Nobby's teeth were as wide as um, when Jeff Heist went through the final, uh, yes, called the final right, goal yeah. and made it 4-2. Yeah. The, the, you... the Tom Lapsley of the 1960s. Yeah. <laughs> John, you talked about, think... you, you, we were all there to say a few rude words and something like that. Is, is it a panto then? Is, is football now become a pantomime where the booing actually doesn't mean displeasure it's just part of a, another addition to the the raft of possible pantomime pieces it's a professional sport it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be that sort of should be linked to a pantomime in my view pantomime you're booing, you're booing the villain aren't you the the, yeah. the wicked witch that comes down with it about to turn someone to a frog or something you, you it don't, sounds you like lambert uh, yeah. <laughs> wicked witch paul lambert no comment um it's it's i i, I for me it's it, it's unnatural it doesn't yeah. really fit into football or any sport to be honest um yeah but, but was, how would you persuade fans to think of something yeah. else to do uh, talking about pantomime, it was um, one of my favourite um, forms of protest was uh, in the early days of Murdoch when uh, Sky TV and mm. uh, the, the, they changed from three o'clock and uh, the Sheffield Wednesday supporters, I remember when there was a game, uh, I think on Sunday morning at um, 11 o'clock, which was all new, um, they, they, a lot of the supporters, probably about 25, turned up in pyjamas, which I think is a yeah, great way of no, uh, yeah. protesting. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, what other ways can we protest? Brent, what other ways do you think you can be feeling? If we're not going to boo, come on, what, what constructively can we give the nation for fans to do well, to I protest? When I think fans' protest is justified is when their club has been mismanaged by the owner and isn't been managed in the interests of football. So, if you turn to Blackpool, I completely supported the, the the magnificent boycott of the Blackpool fans to bring about a change in their ownership. And Oyston has now gone. So, it's not that I'm against um, fans, and I think that's the crucial word, fans, um, protesting when their club has been, been wrecked, but that's rather different to turning on your own team and booing them because okay, so, we're so, not simply customers we're fans but mm. I think we can develop that later well the point I'm, I'm saying maybe you can pick up this in if you see your team playing particularly badly and you genuinely think they haven't turned up it's like last game in the season there's nothing at stake or or haven't you got a right to how do you do that immediate protest to show your displeasure or do you maybe is that the wrong side of the coin? Should be encouraging them? No, you can. Yeah, you should be encouraging. You should always be encouraging. Yeah. There is no point at a sporting venue in being negative about your team while the ball is in play. Yeah. You must solely encourage. If you are having a run of it and you feel there is mismanagement, uh, a complete lack of direction, then you have the right to leave. You've paid your ticket. You don't need to watch the whole game. Turn your back. Do, do whatever, leave early. Show your dislike of what is going on that way. Pro, uh, songs, posters, you know, banners, whatever. But do not um, disrupt the flow of the game that your team, those that you are supporting, are trying to um, create something for you. So I, th- I think, I think uh, the best example I've seen was when I was with a group of people, including yourself, Bryn, watching England be played off the park by Iceland, and everyone in the pub just started supporting Iceland. (laughs) And it was just cheering for Iceland. It really worked well. And, you know, it was a great last... It was great fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in a rather perverse sort of way, wasn't it? I, I, I don't think they could hear us, though, Bill. We were, we're making a bit of a row in the new end, but I don't think the England team could hear us. And you've, you've just made the point, it was the venue that you went to and the type of people that venue attracts, which was the difference. I am sure if you had been in various venues in the high street, the reaction would not have been the same. No. Yes, I do believe when we won yet another game in the World Cup and we're progressing towards the semi-finals, Colchester people decided to break up a bus stop, didn't they? <laughs> Tried to jump up and down on it, didn't they? And yeah. jump on taxis. I mean, yeah. you know, mindless. That's, that's not really going to work either, is it? No. no. Just thinking of uh, Bill mentioned earlier, um, don't um, be careful what you wish for, is that um, McCarthy did a fantastic job with Ipswich in terms of even getting us in the playoffs with Norwich. And he was very solid, uh, he knew what he was doing, 
never we never excelled. It's, it's never excelled sort of mid table. But it got to a point where the uh, supporters, you could call it a populism, were they weren't rarely during the matches, but they made it known that they weren't happy because they were tired of the uh, the long ball and uh, coming out of defence. It was very boring to watch. And um, the problem is, uh, what happened after that? It's got worse, you know. So yeah. it's a kind of complicated business. Well, I tell you what, Mike. While you go and get the round, it is your round. Um, this we'll... is number nine. I've been getting nine <laughs> in a row. It's your round. Crisps yeah. and peanuts, please, Mike. Thank you, Mike. We'll just uh, we'll hand over to Adrian. Men sipping from water bottles, men with bare arms in freezing weather, men on their knees, men with tinted football helmets that make, that's the wrong kind of football isn't it, I thought this was a story about soccer, sorry, sorry, that's NFL, I thought that was National Football League meaning Association football, but it's not. Men bending over, running, jumping, flying and throwing, catching, hurling, wrestling, one another to the ground. It's not, it's no good. It's not, uh, it's not soccer. Sorry. So, um, this is unusable. I thought it's, uh, it's always confusing. It should be soccer, yeah. National Soccer League, NSL, yeah. Major, Major Soccer League, MSL. Don't care. <laughs> with several jaded community radio hacks huddled round an ebullient Bryn Griffiths in a pub quaffing beer at Wivenhoe residence expense. So we're back here at uh, the premier night spot in Wivenhoe. 
Yeah, well. thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank really you. Nice. For a golden ale, and you got me a red one. Almost tripped over. There were so many beers on the tray. <laughs> <laughs> now, it doesn't matter, though, does it, really? We're, what we're going to talk about, we've been looking at a great idea you came up with, uh, Bryn, in that last chat. You said, uh, football fans, are they consumers or fans? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, for me... Um, my football fandom and the reason I support Colchester United is I, I see the club as part of the community. I see it as part of my identity being in Colchester. I see it as something I do with a group of friends, all of which are from Colchester and committed to the club. I do it not because Colchester is necessarily the best footballing product in Britain, but because it's our side. Now, if it was as simple as, you know, the, the Boo Boys wanting to have the best products they see themselves as a customer if it was that simple we could all get on the bus and and go down to london and watch a premiership team but we don't want to do that because for me football being a football fan is about identity we're fans we're not customers okay so what happens when you do you get any in go pick that up well i was gonna just say i thought you did this because we had some really good pubs locally in colchester where we could have a beer or two beforehand we've arranged the transport and you've very kindly arranged free parking for us across the road from the stadium. And then we watch an half-decent game of football and we go back down the pub. I always thought that was the reason for it. Well, I think that's part of it because I think that football isn't something that you do watching the television. It isn't something you do completely separated from your community watching a side that you picked at random at the other end of the country it's something you do with your mates that's what football's about that's that's what all that's what football the, the football culture is what makes it enjoyable for me if i wanted to fix watching a better team i could get a season well i could, probably couldn't actually but I, I could try and get a season ticket and go and watch arsenal but i don't want to do that arsenal's nothing to do with me no and can i just say other than the Arsenal bit, because I don't want to watch them either, the bit about community, I totally get and I totally agree with you. It is what it's all about, not watching it on Sky, pay-for-view, you know, with a couple of tinnies. Mm. It's about communicating with your your group, with your community, and actually vocally supporting something that is going on in your locality. Yeah. And I think we were talking to John um, earlier on before the show started, and we were asking about particular fans who are characters, and it sums up what it's like supporting Colchester United rather than a Premier League side, because you knew them all. I, I, yeah, I know quite a few supporters <laughs> over the years. I've, I've met some characters. There's one, um, De, uh, Phil Gladwin, who's uh, not far away from this lovely pub at this <laughs> moment in time, um, who's, um, who's I've known since I was a kid, standing on Terrace 3 at Layer Road, and he goes home and away, and I, I, he's, he's so passionate about Colchester. Like Phil, I, I, I love... Um, local football and live football I, I, I do not like watching football on the television at all if Colchester suddenly disappeared overnight I would go and watch someone like Wivenhoe go yeah. and watch someone like Stanway yeah. I would go and watch that sort of football regardless of the standard because it, I'm there I'm sampling it I can smell the football I can taste it do you a Colchester lad John? yes all the bread Born and bred, so yeah. I, I see, all of us, all of us, have come from other places and in our adult life. And so, I don't think you can leave behind. I know you do, Bryn. You've left Manchester United behind, but yeah. I can't well, leave Manchester behind. Manchester United the... left me behind. Yeah, Manchester, I think you're right. The Manchester United of the 1970s and the Stratford End and the Red Army no no longer exist. There, it, it's all prawn sandwiches, corporate branding. You're, you're more likely to be a Manchester United fan living in China than you are in Manchester these days. Well, I don't, I don't yeah. know if I've ever mentioned it that I, I quite like West Ham, and my <laughs> my, <laughs> my family. It's a family. Um, I've instructed my three daughters, two of whom live in other parts of the country. You are West Ham fans, and they've been instructed that as the first thing they say to any boyfriends that they bring to meet me, that I'm a West Ham fan and beware. <laughs> it's, in, it's interesting that do. Do many Colchester fans have that second side? Because I hadn't come across this until I moved to Colchester. But it seems a bit of a, be a bit of a thing for the lower league fans that quite a lot of them have got another team they support. When I started, when I first going to football uh, with my uh, late father, we were Colchester and Ipswich. Yeah, I was an Ipswich fan from probably 
1978 till about 1981-82. And is that when they tried to get them to play at home on different days? Yep. So that, yeah, and I mean, we that's all gone Friday now, isn't nights it? And all sorts yeah. just, to, just to alleviate that. And a lot of fans then were Colchester fans. You could do both, fans. yeah. I don't think there's so many that do both these days. Mm-hmm. Time and finances prohibits that. Kids that I teach, to be quite honest, it's Liverpool, Manchester United, yeah. Chelsea. It Chelsea. is. Glory chasing. Yeah. They are. Getting back to um, uh, Bren's point about uh, teams you don't leave behind. I mean, partly because I've been supporting Ipswich and Colchester. Uh, not the best season of uh, victories for either the team. Therefore, I've got five others because uh, if uh, we've got... Uh, <laughs> only five. Uh, only five. <laughs> only five. Uh, because that way, at least one of them is going to make me happy with the result over the weekend. It's called and, spread uh, betting, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go quickly through them. Portsmouth, because I was uh, born in uh, just outside Portsmouth, and 1950-51, they were champions twice. They held the FA Cup for the longest time uh, ever, and that was because of the Second World War when they beat Wolverhampton. Um, <laughs> but we, we beat Manchester United. I can remember being at uh, Fratton Park uh, when I thought that Stan was there were th- fans on the roof, and I thought we we're going to be, you know, we wouldn't get out, but it was okay. It was a great match. We won them. Uh, Gillingham, because my grandmothers and my mother, mum and dad met there. Um, West Ham, with the Wilt Bill there when I was in London. That was a team. Uh, team of great uh, poets and uh, didn't win a lot but they, they played fantastic stuff and my um, uh, uh, culture staff now support and the fifth one or is it six is Accrington Stanley I, I have nothing to do with Accrington Stanley but I love the name <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bryn the last thing I want to ask you before we uh, send uh, Mike off to get another drink oh, is no. <laughs> <laughs> fan ownership I think nowadays there is a very much of a feeling that didn't exist 30 years ago when you go into Tesco's or, or uh, any other supermarket or shop that you have the right to complain you have the right to be very assertive you have the right to say what you think about the service that you get much more than 20, 30 years ago when you just we didn't complain we didn't there wasn't that culture so now the point I'm trying to make very, very in a very convoluted fashion is now you pay your money do you not now have the right to boo and criticise oh I think everyone's got the right to boo and criticise what, what I'm doubting and questioning is whether it's a good idea yeah. I would never say that somebody's that's rocked up and paid if, if you've turned up late and you haven't got your ticket um, in, in advance 20 odd quid you're entitled to boo I, I just urge people to take a thought and say well is it a good idea is it going to help is it going to make the team perform better hang on hang on with rights come what responsibilities in the first instance you have a responsibility as a purchaser as someone who has bought into that team to support yeah them. Yeah, yeah okay you've got a right to criticize if the end product is rubbish but before that you have a responsibility. You've bought that ticket. You've bought in. You support. Don't criticise from the from the off just because you're having a bad day. Support them. Be a proper fan. And maybe in many ways it should be channeled through organisations like yours, John, shouldn't it? Because that's the way to do it, isn't it? Well, I, I just I was just thinking to to to. And just said it's uh, for for years now. Blair Road has always been a, a handful of fans. I'm sure every club has it. Amaze me. They they buy a season ticket each year, and even before the ball is kicked, they're criticising or moaning about what's going on. I don't understand why they bother coming along personally. But yeah. God bless them. Um, yeah, it's exactly. I mean, the clubs. There's a lot of regulations now. There's every club has a customer charter. Everyone has a supporters liaison officer. Um, they're all they're governed um, government legislation to to meet with fans um, and. They meet, you know, they're the, they're the Rodney Hurst's fans forum. He has his thing at the open day where he uh, gets on the open mic. Um, yeah, and likewise with us, uh, the Support Association, they, we, we, we're, we're friends with them. We'd like to do more with them. Um, and we did too in the old days under under, under Peter Hurd and before. Robbie's got a, a, a bigger business to run now um, and he does things his own way, which is fine. But yeah, we're lucky enough. We've got some good members that come to us if we've got problems. Not that we get that many, to be honest. We've got 400 members at the moment. Uh, and we've got an issue. We, 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 we go through the Matt Hudsons and the, and the Tim Waddingtons of this world yeah. um, for, for answers if we can get them. Yeah. Oh, very interesting, isn't it? Well, I think, uh, you know, we, I, I come down very much that when we are both consumers and fans. And it's a sort of very grey area. But we can be both, I think. You can be a consumer and a fan of football. But on the consumer bit, they don't listen to us, do they? Because we want some decent beer. Decent beer and some decent 
pies. Yeah, us. something that hasn't been nuked. I did, I did raise <laughs> I keep on going on about the nuked pies. You go to Norwich, you get a decent pie, but then Delia's been working away in a kitchen all week making them, hasn't she? <laughs> we get these things that have been irradiated, they've just been flown over from Chernobyl. Funnily enough, I did raise the beer issue with Robbie at the fans' forum, and he, his response was that people like me were rather loud in our um, requests for real ale but he claimed that when we had a few barrels of it we didn't drink enough of the stuff so we, we were all mouth and no trousers i don't believe that i think if real ale was i think the new bar at coltist united's a great addition and if there was real ale in there we'd all go there before the match but we're not going to go there for what was it they've got um drinking Cream King, or Hail Ale, King, or a Cream Floor, or a Carlsberg. Yeah, we're just not going to do it, are we? It's um, uh, it's something that's on my agenda um, um, to see what we can do. And you know, a the supporters bar has been a great success. It was a big move by by the club to do it, and they put a bit of money into it as well. And it's it's, it's working okay, and it's it's working brilliantly before the game, especially with the big TV outside as mm, well. Great, loads and loads of people. It's a great thing to do. It's difficult to, as a location to get people up there who want to drink and then want to get home afterwards, um, because the infrastructure around it is, is mm. poor and, 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 and there's no buses. Um, it's something we're looking at and I'll probably have the conversation with the club again during the course of the year because it doesn't have to be like a big barrel of beer we can talk about real ale now we can talk about real ale all night couldn't we um, <laughs> um, that's going to be there and go off if half it's not used there are other alternatives other than Green King maybe, maybe we could crowd from the barrel and see if we could drink it to prove to Robbie we could do it if I'm honest, uh, you know, completely off the record, though we are on radio, um, it's um, I've, I've already mentioned to um, the football club that if it comes to finance, they want to dabble with stuff. The support association would um, start things off. Colchester Brewery is my vote. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, Mike, I think uh, the only argument will be which one, really, is that? Uh, yeah, I see quite a few. Are we well, going to go number to... one or Metro? Now, Mike, talking, <laughs> of, talking of beer... The Brazilian Porter will be my beer. <laughs> we might not shift a barrel hold, of that. Hold all these names in your head, Mike, because uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's your turn to go up. And while you're up, uh, Mike, so save, because we're only thinking of you, save on you having to get up and down. Just get us two each. Two rounds, OK. Well, okay. okay. Save me Off around. you go, then, Mike. Yeah, OK. Yeah,
You are listening to Red Button on Cold Radio. And having run out of interesting new guests, we are recycling old ones. This week it's Bryn Griffiths. Right, here on Red Button, we have time for one more piece of microfiction on the theme of association football. And, uh, wait a minute, where is it? I had it, uh, it was here, on a, it's kind of a, anybody, uh, Somebody take my. Uh, there's a piece of paper here. It's kind of yellow, uh, sort of like legal paper, uh, handwritten. No. Let me see. It was. Uh, oh, I can't believe it. This is. This is embarrassing. Oh well. So. Right then. Uh, so. Um, round number 11 and um, I finally run out of money. I've been buying so many uh, rounds but uh, I did a quick crowdfunding so we're okay for this round. Oh, you do take IOUs, you'll be alright. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Anyway, thank you for Matt. Mike, lovely. Now, that's a big, some big subjects I'd like to talk about now. Uh, our game is great, it's the beautiful game but it does have a few ugly parts hanging off the edges I'm afraid. Uh, racism and homophobia being two of them. Um, who's responsible for these, do you think? Uh, you know, is it the players, the club, the fans, the owners of the game, you know, the FA and FIFA? What do you think, Kerbrin? I think we're all responsible for it. I think if we see um, somebody being racist in the ground, and I must admit, I've, I cannot recall seeing, other than a attacks on travellers and gypsies I cannot remember ever seeing racism at Colchester United but if you do see it there's an app that um, you can download where you can report it and you should you should report it to a steward the players should never indulge in it and it occasionally happened we know it's happened in some of the prem- with the premier some of the premier league players on occasion that should never happen Clubs should come down on it like a ton of bricks. You say it's not having a Colchester though, but just down the road, I think you, you remember telling me some something about some at South End. Yeah, well, my concern is is that the, the, the one area of respectable racism that still seems to be seems to exist is attacking gypsies and travellers. So whenever we play South End, it can get a bit ugly with people um, saying some pretty awful things about travellers and gypsies, and. We all talk about, quite rightly, the Holocaust when we talk about racism and the vile anti-Semitism that occurred during the Second World War with Hitler's Holocaust. But Hitler also um, persecuted gypsies and, and travellers. It was Romanies that ended up in the gas chambers with the Jews. And we, but we I are think talk- we, we, we sh- it, it, it's not it's not banter. It's not funny. But this change is slow. That was seventy years ago, Bryn. Seventy years, and we're still talking about. Uh, you know, this still does exist in the game. And homophobia, uh, I think, is a cultural problem. I think that is a cultural problem within the game, um, within the players and the clubs, so much more than, than actually within fans. I think we've made huge steps on racism, but it is an absolute disgrace that there isn't a single out gay football yeah. in professional yeah. football. In football. And you compare that to other sports... Yeah. You know the the rugby's and everything else. Uh, Tom Daly, yeah. Olympic Olympic cricket. Target. But you cricket, use yeah. you use the word disgrace. Is it a disgrace or is it that the institution of football is so profoundly homophobic? Well, that, that is the disgrace yeah. that I'm talking. Sorry, about. because it's just the way you word it. I, I, Sorry, I wasn't Brent. suggesting for no, one no, no, minute no, no. that the, know. We, we know there are many, many <laughs> gay footballers. It is a disgrace that we have a culture in English football yeah, yeah. that none of them feel confident to come out. Absolutely. That is the disgrace. I'm and what you about. actually need is you need fellows like the England cricket captain who when he is has some homophobic comment made at him turns around and says to call me gay is not an insult the thing that th- you need a complete change in mentality yeah. don't you yeah. the thing that frightens me is 
sometimes I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it this season, to be fair. But when you hear the young lads on the south stand chanting "Rent Boy," I, I, I sort of worry for the player, but I worry more for the fact that amongst them there are going to be some young lads that are struggling with their sexuality that haven't come out yet, surrounded by their mates hurling abuse at someone because they think they're gay. And that, that's, that, that, that young lad that's grappling with, is it, is it, or it might be a young girl, grappling with, are they going to come out? Hearing this abuse behind them and imagining how they'll be treated if they do come out. They're the people that I fear for. But, but it's interesting because in women's football, no issue. Yeah, Openly so, uh, gay women, not a problem. Now, I'm going to throw a, a one... I, I sort of have a little theory about why that male footballers are find it so difficult, is that when you become a professional footballer, you're, you're trapped within the culture from the age of 10, 11, 12. That's when you know you're going to be a professional footballer or a pretty good chance. And that culture there is when this difficulty emerges. They are so thrust in the culture... It is a complete way of life that they are moulded into, isn't it? An utter way of life as an 11, 12-year-old, 13-year-old. And I think that's when the when it comes, they, it's the, they, they learn that culture from the, from the 14, 15-year-olds. It's passed down uh, in a very thick coating. I saw some very good work that Colchester United were doing. There were some of the academy um, lads, on, obviously on a course, and they'd written poems about being inclusive in football and all fans being able to support the team and I thought that was absolutely fantastic so I think when when I say things like that I think that maybe over the next 10 years culture is going to change another thing that I think might change the culture of football is as the interest in women's football grows and let's hope it's going to grow this summer when the Lionesses win the World Cup um, I think that seeing women playing football begins to change what a football fan's about we want to see lots of we want to see loads of people at Colchester United but I want to see the safe stand full of half women that's it was great when we went to see the Lionesses wasn't it it was and also the full range of age and you know young kids um, mm. but girls as well we, we got our, our little uh, Ailey who's 10 years old done a, some football reports for, for Box 39 10 years old and she's absolutely <laughs> loving it at the ground it's brilliant she loved the uh, under 21 game was it that we, that recently the England under 23 yeah. or under 21 absolutely love that Kazakhstan was it Germany it's England oh, versus Germany oh you mean that one yes yeah. the Kazakhstan match the, the, the Lionesses match I'm, I wasn't thinking of the Germany so, so on the subject of uh, racism I, I struggles to me how, how more isn't done uh, abroad I know it, it's not it's not just exclusive to this country you know an England player away and we hear po- po- reports of you know ex-player was, was was racially abused and everyone heard it the FIFA official heard it the referee heard it and yet what do they do they get a little bit of a fine they might play a game behind closed doors I don't fully understand that just, are they say, are FIFA saying well we don't want to do anything to them because it's a country that's the way the country is that's just, just wrong All right, stop the game award the three points against <laughs> yeah. them March them off the pitch. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, was I too far away? You were miles from the, the microphone. Say, say that a bit again. I was going to say, you're, you're at the bar again. <laughs> yeah, I was wandering that way. I'm leaning that way. What quick quick two points, that might. Um, I was just saying, you know, if, if all those officials can hear it, the game should be stopped, the victory should be awarded against the yes. team shouting the abuse. Um, and they should be marched off the pitch and that's it and frankly the team should be banned for a number of years and who cares if the competitions become smaller you know at least you're not you know it will teach them a lesson change your act I'm starting to have a bit of a rant tonight aren't I well I'm going to do my uh, radio disc jockey bit and say everyone needs some changes everyone is going through changes and no one knows what's going on And everybody changes places But the world still carries on And love must always change to sorrow And everyone must play the game It's here today tomorrow but the world goes on the same
39 is the eclectic and original magazine and music show broadcast live every week from Studio One here at Colm Radio Towers. We've arrived at a Hindu temple. Shape of a plum. Is that really where you want to go to first? No wonder this lady is transfixed by the gentleman's charms. It's a speed camera. And do that again with your fader up. A great spot for playing poo sticks with the kids. And I can only say one thing, Bill. I am feeling smart. Well, this lady is offering to sell me little like small potatoes. Box 39, every Thursday evening at 8 o'clock here on Home Radio. First ever league goal for Luke Norris. Biggest win ever over Crew Alexandra. Biggest win at the Community Stadium by any team. Biggest win since 6-2 versus Wheelstone away in the FA Cup 7th of November 2015. Biggest league win since the 7-1 win against Norwich City away on the 8th of August 2009. Biggest home league win in the league since beating Lincoln City 7-1 on the 30th of November 1996. Only the 15th occasion that the U's have scored six or more goals in the Football League. Ryan Jackson made his 50th appearance for the club. Tom Lapsey's goal was the 5,800th scored by the club's first team in competitive fixtures. here with Red Button. Thank you, Adrian, for talking about the game against Crew last August. And uh, you're all very welcome, all you Red Buttoneers listening to us out there. And we're in here. There's four or five of us. I can count this myself. Bill Lawrence, Ian Tallentire, Mike Harwood, John Byrne and Bryn Griffiths. And we're going to talk about uh, the last little section of the show. It's really the last section of the season. There's only one more game to go. But that game could make all the difference. That game could be the difference between Colchester United uh, entering the playoffs or um, the end of their season at quarter to five 
on Saturday afternoon. Can Colchester United make it into the playoffs then? We need a, an away win against a team called Lincoln and we do need other clubs to trip up really and drop points. It's not straightforward. So Bryn, what is, uh, what's the answer? Will Cole, you make it into the playoffs? Well, let's have a look at the maths. We've, we've got Tranmere on 73 and 6th place, which are totally uncatchable. So the only team we can, the only place we can go for is the 7th place. We've got above us after their victory at Oldham, my hometown. Bless them, they let us down. Newport won during the week, so Newport have that valuable 7th place at the moment. They're on 70 points. If we catch them, we're almost certain, no, if they don't draw or win and remain on 70 we catch them on 70 points if we beat Lincoln and we will beat them on goal difference because they've got a goal difference of zero Exeter so Newport have got to lose if they draw we can't catch them and it's all over above us in eighth place also fighting for that seventh place that look that the, the bottom place of the playoffs is Exeter. They're on 69. If they were to draw, they would be beating us on... Uh, we, we could catch them on 70 points, but their goal difference is 11 playing R9. So if we were to end up on the same points as Newport, we've got to thump... We've not only got to beat Lincoln, we've got to hammer them. So um, it's it's mathematically possible, but less likely. We'd, we'd, be, we'd have to, I think, maybe doing the math so I think we'd have to win about 3-0 to um, catch um, Exeter if they drew mm, so many listeners to be defeated yeah many listeners might not be aware that the team we're playing Lincoln are actually the champions yeah so <laughs> our hope there is there's a phrase in football they're already in the beach sat on their deck chairs <laughs> because if we were playing Lincoln on any other match of the season we'd expect to lose but we did all right when we played them early in the season, didn't we? Played very well. Uh, I think we'll play very well again. I think um, it'll be, you know, the, the, our goal difference uh, could be important to us. But wouldn't it be gutting if we lost out on the playoff place by one goal? Yeah. When it came down to it, and it, it gets yeah. scary. I, uh, yeah, I hope Courtney Senior won't feel too bad about that because he uh, sort of missed a bit of a sitter, didn't he? Yeah, looking back on television, you think, well, he should have squared it very much. So. Yeah, I, I admired him for winning the ball and running for the wrong goal, but yes, yeah, and that kind. Of, and it's amazing after a whole season how many thousands of minutes of football it might come down to one goal. One goal, yes, I know, crazy world. Anyway, I've got a question for you, John. Oh. Are you looking forward to um, the final game of the season, or are you looking forward to the last or or the next four? <laughs> uh, I'm 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 looking forward to the next four. Uh, I, I I um I was lucky enough to sneak into Wembley a few weeks ago for my first uh, visit to the new stadium, and I want to go back there again. Okay, uh, so you truly do believe there is life in this corpse that we described earlier. I, I, yeah, it's 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 bringing back resurrection special. There's signs of movement. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Is that the electrical charge yeah, that you yeah, just passed yeah, through? Yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the uh, pint of mild I gave it. I don't know. Um, but no, I, I, why not? I mean, we've all we all we've, we've, all of us in this room have seen enough football over over the years to realise that nothing can be taken for granted, um, and uh, that the impossible can happen. Uh, Colchester fans have had it. City or United fans have had it, yeah. even West Ham fans have had it. Well, I can remember my team actually walking up, or the fans of my team walking up uh, Butt Road to Layer Road to play Colchester in an well, away that, game. That, that night? Yeah, yeah. When, that, when, when um, what was his name, uh, uh, Morrison took out our uh, Fumaka. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't, um, I'll tell you a quick one, I, I couldn't get into the ground that night because we were outside selling programmes, I think I was, and... Um, I couldn't get into Terrace Street because it was rammed. So I walked up the back of the stand behind the goal, and all I saw of the game, all I saw of Fumaka, was him being stretched out. Yeah, the and it wasn't. It was not good. So on Saturday, what, what's what's John McGreal going to say to the boys at uh, five to three? What does he say? Does he say, you know, better to to lose? You know, you got to win four, five nil, at least three, at least three goals. So it's a cup final. Treat it like that. Go out, attack, attack, attack. Is that w- the plan? Will he need to say anything? 
No, probably, probably not. Win, win the game, do your very best. It's all, it's all you can ask for them. Draw, drawing, it's just, an, it's not an option. Losing an option. So, is he going to put three up front? St- a, a good start. What you might say is whatever he said to them before MK Dons the other day. <laughs> if he said that, whatever it was, well, that, that, that seemed to work. Let's hope he taped it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he might say that. Um, uh, win 3-0 get in the playoffs and uh, you'll be playing at Ipswich local derby <laughs> next uh, season and, uh, that, and would be, that. that would be so nice yeah. you sort of dread the fa- I always dread watching Sammy Smoddix who seems to just go that little bit extra and you just think you're going to pull a muscle you, he, he tries so hard and, and you can imagine of all the players he's going to be so psyched up Sammy isn't he yeah, well, everyone would want to finish on a high. It's yeah. important because you don't want to be walking off that pitch at the end of the game. Yeah. Like you've had a lousy game or the last game of the season, uh, whether you've won, lost, or, or, draw, or drawn the game, the players want to finish on a high. Yeah, um, and because uh, there'll be a lot, a lot of fans there, even, even though the chances are quite slim of us making the playoffs. So yeah. let, let's imagine that it is the last game. I'm sorry to, uh, I'm sorry to bring such a downer. No. If, that, if that is the last game, will it be? Who, who do you think it will be the last game that we see of in the Colchester team? Oh gosh, that's a big question, isn't it? Mm. Um, Go on, get your crystal ball out. Yeah, I, I'm, polish it. Well, I'm terrible at Sammy. Um, I'm terrible at these sort of things because who knows what? I never, I never thought Tom Lapsley would sign another contract. To be honest, yeah. Frank um, Kent. Frank. Who, who, who are the players in, in the eyes? I think um, of, of clubs which scouts have been down to Colchester. Yeah. Um, Sammy's um, obviously top of that list. I'd have thought to be looked at. Frankie. Frankie definitely. Um, uh, Nublé. Maybe, maybe not. Um, don't forget Kane Vincent Young yeah. I've heard he's been looked at before several times yeah. uh, whether that's true or not so maybe a very different team in, in August might well do yeah. might well. it all it all depends um, where they want to go where they want to play their football yeah. how much they're going to get played paid yeah. uh, and how good their agent is really yeah it's down to the agents are very powerful people aren't they even in that fourth tier football yeah and there's a lot of footballers out there out of work yes I mean look Sam Saunders couldn't couldn't have couldn't have a club, did he? He was struggling. No one would take him um, out of being out of contract, and 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 uh, and, and he's he's been given a, a lease of life with us. And you've got a, a rich club coming back in, or in coming back in, uh, uh, able to attract almost anyone with their wages, aren't they? Yeah. So and just down, just down the road. So will Robbie cash in? Do you think get some of that twenty two million back? Uh, yeah, 20, all of it in one go. Um, uh, that's what he's. That's the. That's what the talent the model, talent right? factory is all about, isn't it? Uh, uh, Lamana, Loire, Loire, and 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 um, you know, um, who am I thinking of now? Oh, uh, Alex Gilby, for example. Um, those sort of players, you build build them through, and you you want to, you, That's what it's all about. You want them to progress and, and earn money for the football club. I think it's always worth remembering that say Robbie went, and we've got a fan-owned club. What would be the model? And I would say the model would be we wouldn't have huge amounts of money to spend. We'd have even less. It would be get an academy, get local players in, get them, develop them, sell them on, fund the club. That that would be the model if we didn't have corroborative funders. Nothing, that wouldn't change. That would be exactly what a fan-owned club would have to do. Yeah, correct. Well, we can look forward to next season, hopefully with a bigger, better team, some great beer we're looking forward to, uh, <laughs> pies, uh, pies that are edible, and uh, we've always got hope, haven't we? That's a great thing about being a football supporter. You always, hope springs eternal, doesn't it? You're it's wanting me of... to break into dream the impossible dream there, <laughs> particularly the bit about the beer bill. <laughs> well, I think that is the, is the joy of football, isn't it? That it's always next week. Isn't yeah. there? However, it goes. Should the worst happen, you know, we, 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 we sit around and all of a sudden, within a few weeks, people think, all oh, right, who are we going to sign? What are we going to do? And within a couple of weeks, people will be asking each other, how do you think we're going to do next season? And we'll be looking forward. And before you know it, um, the uh, pre season games will be here, will be gone. So that's the end of Red Button. Thank you all for listening. Red Button's back next Thursday. Thank you to everyone that joined in. Thank you for the tweets that were sent. And we'll see you at 9 o'clock next week with Red Button and 8 o'clock with Box 39. Red Button is a guppy production for Colm Radio.